When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere. You get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, they watched a very interesting weekend of football, but they continued their offensive coordinator search in the meantime and are set to head to Mobile, Alabama for this year's Senior Bowl, where there will be plenty of news, plenty of action, plenty of quarterback talk when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to dive into some big news over the weekend, a new offensive coordinator candidate, how the Detroit Lions may have hurt the Steelers' OC search, and uh, some big-name quarterbacks who have been associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers and or have been told they're coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's uh, a little chilly, but it's a nice day. It was a beautiful weekend here in the Berg. How are you feeling, my friend? I am I'm crushed. I, you know, I, we're, we're going to go in on the Detroit Lions, and I hope that we yeah. just— we got to take it easy on them because I think God hates the Detroit Lions and I don't want to <laughs> kick them while they're down. Uh, that was I, yeah. I, I, I'm not I was pulling for the Lions, but I'm I'm not yeah, a Lions fan, or, not not a Lions fan or anything. But that was I think that was the most emotional I've gotten watching a team that I have never rooted for in my life lose yep. a game. That was yep. that was brutal. So yeah, I'm taking it, it easy on the Lions today. It it definitely hurt. It was at every moment you try to talk yourself into it. You know, you're like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, and then you just once it tied, it was like, OK, that was it. This was fun. This was a blast. We had a really good time thinking about it. It was over. I won't lie to you. I was Googling Dan Campbell. I had a shirt in my Etsy cart that was a soup can of Dan Campbell. And it said it was Campbell's bite your knee off soup. And I went, man, I'm buying this one for the Super Bowl. Almost bought it at halftime. Very thankful I uh, I did not. It was a tough time. It was, and I'm not upset that the 49ers made it in. I'm not. I think I'm more upset that the Kansas City Chiefs found their way into oh, the yeah. Super Bowl. But just what that team kind of meant to the world at that time, it was a tough one. So we do take it easy on them. Uh, they might have screwed the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to their offensive coordinator search. We're going to dive into that before we do start. Our list of topics here. Want to let you guys know that tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the afternoon, not sure an exact time because practices are an hour behind and we will have to work around interview schedules and that kind of stuff. But our pal Nick Martin is down in Mobile, Alabama at this year's Senior Bowl. Me and him will be going live. 
boots on the ground down there to get all the insight and his takeaways on practice, what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing down there, and uh, any news that we think we should bring to you guys. That will be live on our YouTube channel Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon. We'll try to keep you guys somewhat updated on a time, but make sure to set the uh, alarms or the alerts to make sure you're keeping up with that one. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going to start with their offensive coordinator candidacy, their interviews. They brought in another big name this time, former Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith comes in for an interview, probably the biggest name to interview with the Pittsburgh Steelers, according to the Athletics' Diana Russini. There are seven teams that have been interested in Arthur Smith throughout this entire process. There was only eight open OC candidates or jobs heading into the uh, to the field. Chances were the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be one of them. They were one of them. They conducted it yesterday. You got the news. I think, you know, social media-wise at least, fans were not happy that Arthur Smith was part of this OC search. Did you feel the same way? What were your thoughts when the news did break? Yeah, I don't really know why anyone would have, uh, you know, an optimistic outlook on this. I mean, it's it's just you use the you use the the phrase big name and i think you're right he is a big name but for like all the wrong reasons you know uh arthur smith i don't think yeah. excites anyone i don't think he his track record makes uh, makes you believe that he is the right fit for the pittsburgh steelers or really any offense quite honestly any offense with uh you know young potential big time playmakers anything like that i think his track record with the falcons is not encouraging to say the no, least terrible and I think there's some parallels to the Steelers, quite honestly, that really like make you question things. Like they have an explosive running back, they have a great tight end uh, that's being underutilized, they have a great wide top wide receiver that's being underutilized and is real young. Um, just all of this young talent between Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson went underutilized, and for and that's under the the direction of an offensive minded head coach in Arthur Smith. Uh, what what about that makes you think that? under his leadership, George Pickens and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren and Pat Fryermuth would flourish in any of the same ways. Um, yep. That's, I think that's my biggest thing. It's like he got fired for underutilizing young talent and you're going to bring him into another situation where there's young talent that is being underutilized. Um, I don't know. And then you've got, he oversaw kind of the development of, or the development to this point of Desmond Ritter, a veteran quarterback from who left college after, uh, four years and was productive, but kind of came on strong later in his career and and really made a name for himself in draft circles at the end of his senior year. Who does that sound like, man? Like who does that sound yep. like? That's yep. That's Kenny Pickett, man. And and he wasn't able to kind of get Desmond Ritter to to a good enough spot. And so I don't I don't think there's a a quarterback development um, track record that makes you any more confident. I I don't I don't really get this at all. Like you said, Arthur Smith has a ton of interest. Yes. from around the league, and I'm not really sure I understand why. Obviously, I'm not in these interviews or anything, but it just really doesn't make any sense to me. Cat wants to say hi. He has uh, very strong opinions on Arthur Smith, as many Steelers fans do. I got to agree. Look at I look at Arthur Smith, and, and people try to kind of take you back. I had some conversations yesterday with some people who were like, oh, yeah, but his time in Tennessee, he made life very easy for Ryan Tannehill obviously the Derrick Henry success and I was like yeah like I get that he did he did have some moments where is your ceiling that's where I think this this goes how high are you trying to shoot here if you're trying to shoot for made life easy for the quarterback but that quarterback got benched as soon as he left 
that's not really shooting for the stars. Derrick Henry, I get it, you know, totally different style of running game. Zone zone offense, which again, I, I think the Steelers should be a zone run team. You know, you want to bring in a Kyle Shanahan type player, that's zone run all day long. Still, it, it's it's Derrick Henry, and somehow that went away as soon as Robinson was brought into Atlanta. I don't know, you know, how good Desmond Ritter really is. You know, I'm concerned that he just isn't isn't good enough to play in the NFL and be a starting quarterback in the NFL in general, but I don't know if Kenny Pickett is either. And I think to have somebody who couldn't do it once, why would you want to try and do it again? This is the first interview where you're spot on. Like, I don't get where all the interest is coming from. It's the first time where like you could, you could be worried about a Gerard Johnson and say, eh, he doesn't have the experience, or you could be worried about a Thomas Brown and say, eh, well, his first year in Carolina was rough. Those guys, at least like, there's there's so much potential. There's so much untapped potential that you could reach if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers or whoever hires them. Arthur Smith, you kind of know what you're getting. You know, he's the first guy where you're like, all right, I understand who this guy is, what he brings to a coaching role and what he's capable of doing. Cool. You know, it's not that exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not excited by that resume at all. That's I think no. that's exactly the point. Yeah, yeah, like you're looking at this and going, "There's so many other candidates that, you know, bring you to another level." That, and even if they don't work out, like they might not work out, but you're willing to take that risk over settling. This is the first time where it kind of feels like things are settling for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My worry is, he's the first name that I think I've heard of in this entire search where I go. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pittsburgh Steelers hired this guy. You know, this would be the first one where I, I said, uh, yeah, that one could happen. That could happen. And it would stink. And I think what makes it worse is, and we were going to talk, I mean, yesterday we were going through pod ta- podcast topics and it was halftime of the Lions game. We're sitting around and I added right to the end of the list. You know, if, if the Lions win, how quickly can the Steelers interview Kubiak? Now they got to wait another two weeks to interview Kubiak because the Lions decided that they weren't playing football in the second half or, or, you know, as you say, God hated the Lions, which I think you're spot on there. How much trouble, like, are you willing to wait two weeks to interview another guy if you have your your plan B already spoken to and interviewed in Arthur Smith? Like, do you think this is becoming a little bit troublesome for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it is. I mean, it's obviously, I mean, Kubiak is probably candidate a, like you said plan yeah. a and the thing is he's going to get interest from a ton of other teams like his recruitment to an offensive coordinator job is going to go fast and furious i'm sure of it yes um and smith feels like i don't know honestly the best case scenario is that he's like a safe option that they know like a like a safety school in terms of offensive coordinators like he yep. is the one that they can fall back on they know that he'll be available because i mean why would another team hire him? I guess the fact that he's garnering interest too uh, kind of speaks to the fact that that might not be possible. But like, yeah, I think that pushes the envelope a little bit. Like, I think the fact that he has interviews in other places and there are other teams that are going to be like, oh, well, I'm interested too, maybe makes the Steelers not wait two weeks, you know, yeah. like not wait for if they're worried they're going to lose Arthur Smith and they're not sure they're going to get Kubiak. You know, do they just jump the gun here? How dangerous. And that's like, you know, we just sat around saying, don't hire this guy. 90% of the fan base feels the same way. I think they're entering dangerous waters here. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I mean, there's there's a bunch of guys in between. I mean, maybe not a bunch anymore with the way Cliff Kingsbury's falling off the table. 
Uh, Zach Robinson's off the table Where now. Where did Cliff Kingsbury go? Well, I thought he wasn't being, wasn't really being. Oh, well, there yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Dulac says he's not on the. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, yeah, I guess we don't know 100% for sure, but I, you know, I kind of trust that report and I, yeah. you know, I think that's the latest thing to come out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Zach Robinson is with the Falcons now, I believe. He got hired yep. as their offensive coordinator over the weekend. Like, this early list of candidates that we saw, this early list of, of young um, and kind of, we can call them innovative, I guess, like th- this young, fresh crop of offensive coordinators the Steelers were considering uh, are kind of dropping off the board a little bit. Like, they're not as, there's not as wide a net right now. Um, yep. And this is just, I think Arthur Smith is kind of a reaction to that, quite honestly. It is a, okay, well, we we took our swings a little bit. Like, we are, we, we have these candidates that we think are, that really excite us, and we got to have a backup plan. We got to have a safety net. We got to have, uh, you know, one of these experienced guys that we can fall back on. Um, and that it's just, as you said right now, it's dangerous waters where Arthur Smith is now one of, I guess, three guys that they've talked to who are still on the board between um, uh, Panthers OC. I can't remember his Thomas name. Thomas Brown. Um, Thomas Brown, and there's one Gerard more. Johnson. Uh, Gerard And Gerard Johnson. We just talked about him. So, uh, yeah, they're left with fewer guys on the board and fewer guys who really, I think, get you excited and I think take the team in a different direction. Yes. Yes, I agree. And it's – look, at I, I, I really hope that they're waiting, and I really hope that they will not – like, the, I, th- I think that – I hope that a guy like, and I hope I don't hope this because I hope everybody gets jobs, and you know I, I don't want anybody left off the table or having to settle or whatever. If a guy like Thomas Brown is still sitting there in two weeks, you know, and everybody else is gone, at least you do have like a good fallback option. Whereas in, and I would take that scenario over Arthur Smith being the well, we're gonna hire this guy because just because you know because we think he he works. Like I just. I don't think the fans are going to be excited. I don't think it moves the needle at all. I think it's the first time where, you know, we talked all week last week about, and we even ended the show on Friday talking about where are they now? They're in a really good spot. This is a very optimistic search. It took one guy to be like, okay, this is troublesome. We are, we're worried now. You should be worried too, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to settle. Who's coming next? Byron Leftwich is, is, you know, I don't know. Everybody keeps coming up with different names for Matt Canada, like Pat Mexico or whoever, (laughs) you know, is that who's coming next? Like, it's just, it's, it's worrisome. It's the first time where you're starting to have some hesitation and that's where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. We'll see what happens, but I would, uh, I would keep your eyes glued, glued to the news because man, dude, I don't feel, I don't feel great. Once that name was brought up, they will head to mobile. I do expect Many more interviews to come and many more, much more news to come while they're down in Mobile. They're going to get opportunities to talk to some young guys who are coaching with these guys, some up and comers. I, I think that's where you'll start to generate some more news there. But to, to knock that one out right in time for Mobile, ugh, concerning, definitely concerning. All right, let's move it on here. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been named the best fit for Oregon quarterback, potential first rounder, expected first round pick. Bo Nix by the 33rd team's Marcus Mosher. He says, quote, what does Mike Tomlin value the most in a quarterback? The ability to play the position without turning the ball over at a high rate. The Pittsburgh Steelers went six and one when they didn't turn the ball over this year, but were four and six when they did. Even in games where Pittsburgh had just one offensive turnover, it went two and three. That is probably the wrong offensive philosophy in 2024 
but that's how Tomlin coaches. So which quarterback can make enough plays without turning the ball over at a high rate? That is none other than Bo Nix, who threw just three interceptions during the entire 2023 season. In fact, Nix had just 26 interceptions in his career on 1,936 pass attempts. That means he tossed an interception on just 1.34% of his throws. That's pretty wild, even for a college quarterback. That is pretty wild. That is a, a pretty crazy number. I, I hope that Mike Tomlin's philosophy is not, hey, just don't turn the ball over. We've been talking about that for two years now, and I think that that's worrisome. You uh, you read that. We talked about it a little bit. What uh, what were your thoughts on Bo Nix? Do you think he's the right fit, and, and what was your reaction to uh, Mosher's reasoning? Well, whether I think Bo Nix is a player that could probably fit on a lot of different teams. Like Whether or not yeah. the Steelers are truly the best fit for him, I don't really know. Like I think... Just the way he played, and for for kind of this reason, like he's smart, he's older, he's probably more pro ready than a lot of the guys in the draft yeah. right now. Um, that that makes him a good fit for a lot of teams, that includes the Steelers. But I don't really get, I don't really understand the logic, to be quite honestly. Uh, the reasoning behind why he would be, um, you know, the best fit for the Steelers or something like that. Um, because I think they already have a guy who doesn't really turn the ball over on the roster. I mean, Kenny Pickett does that. Um, yep. And I don't think their problem was turning the ball over, quite honestly, on offense. I think it was the lack of aggressiveness. It was the lack of explosive plays. It was the yep. lack of, uh, I think, big-time playmaking at the quarterback position. And unless Bo Nix gives that to you, um, I don't think he's really worth you know, spending a first-round pick, certainly. Maybe not even a draft pick at all. Um, and I think if the Steelers are going to look for a quarterback in this draft, they should be looking for someone who's – got a little bit more of a higher ceiling, um, a little yes. bit more of a, a risk or a project. Maybe you could put it that way, but um, someone who just gives you a little bit of a higher ceiling, you know, someone who can elevate you, not someone who can just kind of keep you at the same floor because like I said, they're it's the same floor. They're already there. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. You look at follow the trends. That's all you have to do is follow the trends. When there are a lot of media members, asking and look at don't get me wrong a lot of media members ask nonsense questions myself included at times and you follow that nonsense question as far as you could get it i get it but sometimes you catch on to a trend and you're like why why are you asking so much about not turning the ball over why are you asking so much about are you are you told to play it safe that is because it is very recognizable that a quarterback mitch trubisky and kenny pickett were the last two did not take chances. They sat around and said, how do I not lose my job instead of how do I continue to win it? And that coincides with how do I not lose football games instead of trying to win it? And you find yourself in positions. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs do not not lose football games. They go out and they win football games. The 49ers played half of a football game yesterday where they tried not to lose the football game. And then they played the other half of the football game where they tried to win the football game. And you see what happens when you do both of those things. The Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's that's what Mason Rudolph did. He came in here and tried to win football games. The Steelers don't need that again. They need somebody who's going to come in here and be a gunslinger and force the ball sometimes and, and make some big plays. And, yeah, that's going to come with mistakes and that's going to come with development. And that's why you shoot for the stars with an offensive coordinator because you try to get somebody who understands – this is how you win football games. This guy's going to make mistakes because he's brand new, whether that's Kenny Pickett or whoever. 
how do I correct this? And they understand how do you correct it while not taking away that flash. Matt Canada had no idea how to not take away the flash. He forced just very minimal splash. He forced, hey, be protective. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want you to lose your job. Be protective. That's what he forced the hand of. I felt like Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner knew they had nothing to lose. They turned it around the other way. And once Mason Rudolph went in there, you saw it. And that's what they're looking for right now. That's what they should be looking for right now. I think that goes hand in hand. Bo Nix, I think, is a good quarterback. I got no issues if the Steelers went out and drafted Bo Nix. I I agree with you. I think he fits with a lot of teams. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think that if you're drafting Bo Nix in the first round of the NFL draft, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, there's probably another position or another guy out there that you could fit that position with that's just as good or maybe a little bit better, and you could go get a different position at that draft pick that I think fits the bill or helps your team immediately just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Um, do you have a quarterback? at 20 such a tough pick, too. Like, you're sitting there at 20. Like, who's going to be available? They're saying guys like Jaden Daniels is going to be gone and the top four picks. Michael Penix might be a top 10 pick. Like, you're looking at, like, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, unless he continues to slide up. Is there even a guy at 20 that you're sitting around going, I think that's a better fit for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Are you starting to look at it and say, realistically, maybe you go for a different position because that's your best bet? Yeah, I don't really think there's a guy at 20 that I think satisfies both like the slot value and yes. um, and kind of what the Steelers would need at quarterback, if I can put it that way. Um, I think if you are drafting a quarterback, you're looking – further down the line like I and kind of by the logic that I laid out earlier like looking for a guy with some better physical tools like higher upside that kind of thing like then you're looking at a guy like Joe Milton maybe in like third or fourth round or something like that like that's that's a guy that I that's kind of the archetype that I'm like thinking of is a guy with a big arm uh some athleticism like that's that's the stuff that I'm looking for and I think you can coach like better decision making thoughtful aggressiveness uh things like that um, you can't coach Joe Milton's cannon, man. Like that's nah. that guy can that guy can chuck the football. So I yeah. that that is the type of guy that I'm looking for if I'm the Steelers. Um, but I'm looking at it later in later in the draft. I'm not. I I, th- I completely agree. Pick twenty. I think that's got to be reserved for like a guy who could potentially start right away. Yes, yes. Go get another Joey Porter Jr. Go get another Broderick Jones. You know, get one of those guys. Don't be. Don't draft a quarterback because you need it. That's why that's how you ended up with Kenny Pickett. That's how you ended up in the situation that you're in now because you just drafted a quarterback because you needed a quarterback. You felt like that's where you need to get needed to go. I think it pushes the envelope. Like you draft a third round quarterback and you use your first two picks on very valuable pieces to your team and other positions. You go get a veteran, whether that's Mason Rudolph, whether you think it's going to be Kenny Pickett, whether you go out and sign somebody, you could have a bridge quarterback that's much better than Mitch Trubisky. That is, you know, don't go get another Mitch Trubisky. Go get somebody better than Mitch Trubisky and, you know, try to develop this guy. Try to develop your third round quarterback in the next two years to be a starter, which goes back to what I was just saying. You get an offensive coordinator that's capable of doing that. You get somebody who is known to produce all star quarterbacks, top tier, top of the line QBs. That's where you go. You know, and and I think that that's I think a third round quarterback is the best situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers, unless somebody crazy falls like Michael Penix falls to pick 20. Then I think Michael Penix. Yeah. 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 Like there's just no need 
at that point, you just ta- you just you draft the best player available. Chances are that's Michael Penix. You know, Jaden Daniels falls to you at twenty. Jaden Daniels worries me, but I still think that you consider that very highly. Anybody else, I think I'm just passing on and saying, look, you could get somebody in the second round. You could get somebody in the third round. You get somebody in the fourth round that, you know, maybe they're not a star, but they got potential to be a star, and we're going to have to develop them into one. Meanwhile, we'll work with what I ha- what we have. I think that's the way to go about it, which leads us to the next topic of conversation, which was Mason Rudolph, who went on the Ramon Foster show over the weekend or last week and said that he was told by both Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan that they're going to try and get a deal done. He said, quote, yeah, it was good. Visited with Mike T and Omar both. And, you know, it was so early, like three or four days after we played our last game. And there's a lot neither side knows. I felt like they meant it when they said that they'd like to have me back. And I feel like they want to do future business with me. That's good to hear. But like you said, there are so many variables and it's still so early. It's still January. So no, who knows what will happen? This is not the first time Mason Rudolph has said something about his future. It is not the first time that the Pittsburgh Steelers have expressed interest in bringing Mason Rudolph back. But every time, the answers are kind of the same. You know, Mason Rudolph's a free agent. We understand that he's a free agent, but we want to sign him back. Yeah, you know, Mason's saying, yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see. There's so much that goes into it. We'll see what happens. You're starting to get the feel that Mason wants to go somewhere else and hopes that door opens and sees his way out of Pittsburgh with another opportunity and, you know, is, is kind of waiting for that chance or cause at, at no point, I mean, I feel like it, it would be very easy to say, I would love to come back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and I, look at, don't get me wrong. Maybe it has, but I don't believe that has come out of his mouth just yet. Yeah. I, I think Mason would like to come back to the Steelers, but like, I think about it as he's still, he's a free agent right now. Like, everything he says is part of the negotiating tactics. Like, it's part of the negotiating deal. His agent is probably telling him to keep things as milquetoast as possible so that they don't give up any leverage at all. Because this is a big, this is a massive offseason for Mason Rudolph. Like, there's no guarantee he's going to play as well as he has over these last, over his last four games. Like, his value might never be higher again in his career. And he's got to maximize this opportunity right now. Uh, I think this, I think his comments today were kind of, Maybe not his first acknowledgement of it, but he's acknowledging that the Steelers are in a certain place with their quarterback situation, and he's in a certain place with his career and with his contract situation where he's got to maximize the amount of money that he can get, and that's yep. probably not going to happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's I, just like not – it's just not likely. Um, they are not the most likely team to shell out a ton of money for Mason Rudolph because they need a quarterback to to come in and help them. Um, it, it's just not – and so I feel like he is kind of – I feel like the Steelers have kind of acknowledged that, saying, look, we do want him back. He's, we think he's a good player, but we just have to kind of allude to our our cap situation and where we're at as a team, and we just might not be able to give Mason as much money as he wants or as other teams might want to give him. Do you do you think that the other side of this plays a bit of a role with Mike Tomlin saying that Kenny Pickett resumes QB1 duties – but they're looking for competition. Do you think any part of that in Mason Rudolph's head or his agent's head went, why would I come back to be a number two, you know, to, to, to most likely be viewed as a number two? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's most likely to be quite honestly, like I thought it was going to be a pretty open competition because I think the, the, the Kenny is QB one 
I think that that comment came with a bunch of qualifiers, you know? Yeah. Like it, I felt like it was a very small part of Tomlin's kind of whole spiel about, look, we need competition for him. This is a huge year for Kenny. Like he's got to basically said he's got to put up or shut up, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of deal. So, and I think Mason would have to compete in most of the places that he went to, you know, like you think yeah, about, I mean, so I, you know, I think there was going to be competition wherever Mason went, he was going to have to to fight for a number one job. I think it's just literally, oh, I mean, in my mind, it's literally all about who's going to deliver him the biggest paycheck at the end of the day. And that's almost certainly not going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would have to assume. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. So. I mean, I don't know. Like I, the more I think about it, the more I kind of go through teams like, there are teams that are going to need quarterbacks and they're they're going to be willing to pay a little bit for for some quarterbacks but I don't know how much like you got to look at a team like the the Denver Broncos people have tossed out there they're going to take on an 86 million dollar cap hit to get rid of Russell Wilson. They're not paying a boatload of money for a quarterback, but maybe Mason fits that mold because they just look at it and go well, come be our starter. You know, we'll we'll give you ten million bucks. Come come be the starter, and that's it. Maybe that's enough for him to say, "Hey, look, I'll go make ten million this year. I'll prove with a good offense that I can make, you know, thirty next year and go somewhere different, or, or maybe go to Denver after they ate that cap hit, and now they're set to where they need to be." I don't know. Maybe maybe Minnesota finds themselves in a weird situation where they trade Kirk Cousins, and they're looking for somebody for the same boat, ten million dollars. I I just I have a heart of the teams who need a quarterback. There isn't one that strikes me that says we're going to make a bad financial decision in signing our next quarterback. Like there's usually the the Cleveland Browns, the like the commanders would have been one of them. But I think with the new ownership and the way they're going about things, they're going to be they're, like they're going to be the, they're going to overreact the other way. They're not going to pay anybody anything and they're going to stink and they're going to be like, look, we're building from the ground up because that's what we're going to do here. Uh, there's just not that team that strikes me that says we're going to overpay for a QB, which I think makes the Steelers part of that. But the Steelers are a team that they're going to underpay for a quarterback. They're going to they're going to look at it the other way and they're going to say, yeah, well, everybody's offering you 10 mil. Sorry, Mace. The only the best we can do is eight. You know, the best that we that two million dollars is really that's going to be tough. We don't know if you're going to be the starter. I think the best we can do is eight and they're going to feel like well that's good enough we we tried good enough to make that move so i think that could come into play but i think it's more the steelers underpaying than somebody yep. trying to overpay for mason rudolph and at that point that would not surprise me whatsoever yeah absolutely like i i'm i think i agree with that point like this is more about what the steelers kind of want to do with the situation, I think they feel like they have options too. Like, yes, whether yes. it be trade, draft, or Mason, I feel like is really one. Or I mean, there are other free agents as well that are kind of in the same stratosphere. I feel like as Mason in terms of talent production, how confident they would make you feel, um, yeah. and would probably be cheaper. I mean, I don't know. You never really know until that first quarter, quarterback free agent gets signed. Um, but it's yeah, I feel like the Steelers think they have options, so they are not going to lose their minds over making making sure Mason Rudolph is back for another year. Yeah, I just I look at them and say, well, you know, like I could see them sitting around going, well, you know, Mason's good and he he played very well for us. But Jacoby Brissett is probably out there and he's probably a little cheaper. Maybe we should just go with a with a Jacoby Brissett. Maybe that's, you know, what we should do. It's a, it's the Arthur Smith of quarterbacks. That's what they're you know, they're going to get into. Yes. They're going to they're going to start you. They're going to ah, this is going to be nice. And then they're just going to. 
All right. Well, let's not get carried away here. Okay. We were, we were emotional when we were talking early. Now let's settle into some realistic options here. Arthur Smith, Jacoby Brissett, the Pittsburgh Steelers, new quarterback. Could you imagine how big of a letdown that would be if they walked into the season, into the summer with Arthur Smith and their competition for Kenny Pickett? And I like Jacoby Brissett, but there are so many better options out there as Jacoby Brissett, Arthur Smith, QB, OC duo. Could you imagine how big of a letdown that would be to Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Would be pretty underwhelming. Be pretty pretty underwhelming. I don't yeah. even know if there's stuff that you could do in the draft that would make uh, that would make fans even more confident in in what you got. No, that would be uh, that'd be as rough as it gets. But I think that's an option out there. And I'm sorry to end the podcast on that note, but in the topic of conversation, it's yeah, it's a very real. It's real. You gotta you gotta talk to your kids about the Arthur Smith Jacoby Brissett com- uh, combination. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. You got just prepare for the letdown, you know, and uh, and take it from there. With that. Wish we could end it on a more positive note, but we're not. It's a good week still. It's a good week still. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, find all of our work at allsteelers.com and our pit coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Don't forget me and Nick Martin will be live tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday after Senior Bowl practice sometime in the afternoon, I'd say roughly about five, six o'clock, somewhere in that window on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. I know we just ended on an, on a negative note, but make it a positive week. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.